It was nearly six years ago um, I last gave a UUCL Memorial Day service, and a lot has transpired for me since then, causing me to rethink things like Memorial Day and death and war. And why thank you for your service bothers me so much. Just what I need, more questions and confusing thoughts in older age. I thought this was supposed to be the phase of life where life questions get more settled. A couple of notes uh, before we get started. Um, if I choke up, know that I'm okay. And I want to thank the great Glenda Joy Parsons. I've written her name down here so I don't call her what's her name. <laughs> she not only is the co-author of this service, but of my life over the past 40 plus years. As mentioned last time, Memorial Day's origin is a bit controversial. One of the first Memorial Days was observed by formerly, formerly black enslaved people at the Washington Race Course in Charleston, South Carolina. The race course had been used as a temporary Confederate prison for Union soldiers in 1865, as well as a mass grave for Union soldiers who died there. Immediately after cessation of hostilities, the former slaves exhumed the bodies from the mass graves and reinterred them properly in individual graves. They built a fence around the graveyard with an entry arch and declared it a Union graveyard. On May 1st, 1865, the Charleston newspaper reported that a crowd of up to 10,000 mainly black residents, including about 2,800 children, proceeded to the location for sermons, singing, and a picnic on the grounds, thereby creating the first Decoration Day. Many southern states refused to celebrate Decoration Day due to lingering hostility towards the north, and because there were relatively few Union soldiers who were buried in the south. A notable exception was Columbus, Mississippi, a year later, um, which on April 25th, 1866, at its Decoration Day, commemorated both Union and Confederate casualties buried in its cemetery. The name Memorial Day was first used in 1882. It did not become more common until after World War II and was not declared the official name by federal law until 1967. One of the most poignant speeches commemorating war dead was given by President Lincoln at Gettysburg in 1863. A portion of that speech is, but in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men living and dead who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they fought here, which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that these honored dead we take increased devotion 
to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we are here highly resolved that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. Our common idea of Memorial Day, besides barbecues and picnics, is wreath-laying at Arlington National Cemetery. We have a shared image of even, white, orderly rows of gravestones, the graves of those who died and who gave that last full measure. This is probably the image most have, as though an orderly conclusion to the chaos and horror of war is possible. A more current and potent image for me, and maybe for some of you, is the Vietnam War Memorial, the wall. Arlington Cemetery and the wall memorialize the soldiers killed, but not the civilians. Somehow, being in uniform when killed is more worthy of memorialization. Even though soldiers are a very small part of those killed in combat. Our population has not experienced the true horrors of war since the late 1800s, of which the Civil War, of course, was the largest, and the Indian Wars the longest. We have long forgotten and have failed to learn about civilian war casualties. During the Vietnam War, over 3 million Vietnamese died. 300,000 are missing, millions wounded and displaced. And after the war was over, tens of thousands more injured due to unexploded ordnance and chemical contamination from defoliants which were spread extensively across South Vietnam. Over 50% of the country's hardwoods were destroyed. Yet when we look at the Vietnam War Memorial at the wall, we see 58,308, excuse me, 18 names. Are American soldier deaths the only ones worthy of being counted and memorialized? By the way, the Vietnamese refer to the Vietnam War as the American War. We might want to think about that for a moment. I received my draft notice in late 1965. I then subscribed, as all of us entering the military did, and still do, to the first article of the Armed Forces Code of Conduct. I am an American soldier. I serve in the armed forces which guard my country and protect our way of life. I am prepared to give my life in their defense. I learned later through experience, a more accurate and honest version should have been, I am prepared to have my life taken. My 10-year my Vietnam slash American War experience of which two years were in combat, some of it very intense, has been of no lives gloriously given, but rather only of lives brutally taken. The Vietnam War Memorial, the wall, bears the name of two dozen guys from my units 
Every fifth year during Veterans Day week, I participate in the Vietnam War Memorial reading of the names of those that are on the wall. My flight school roommate killed in 68, and some of the dozen Cobra gunship pilots killed covering us during a three-month siege at Anlock in 72. I was there, and I can tell you they weren't giving their last full measure. They had it taken. None of their lives were gloriously sacrificed. All were brutally and many agonizingly taken. Just as we took the lives of our enemy and of a lot of civilians. There's something visceral beyond words that is hard to voice. The most essential part of life is in the actual living. Most people do all they can to go on living. Most people fear death, and yet that is what the white marble slabs of military cemeteries represent. Life cut short, a soldier's life that ended too early. That last full measure. A thing that is valued so highly, life, this is the cost of war that these men and women had taken from them. There are many, many things that military cemetery or war memorial do not capture. The wounded soldiers, for one. To dead soldiers, we build war memorials in addition to the white orderly tombstones. But the wounded, the wounded are invisible. Even though they outnumber the dead at least five or six to one. And for me, because I have experienced war, I feel the psychological wounds of war in the graveyards of dead soldiers, and even more so in the hollow of the Vietnam War Memorial, the wall. I feel the vast, deep chasm between the chaotic, harrowing, brutal, random acts of war and our everyday middle-class reality. The dislocation and mental anguish soldiers returning home are trying to. This dislocation that lingers, the guilt, the why them and not me. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. To some there is the nightmarish visions and deep depression and alienation that haunt the mind. Humans' vicious, brutal cruelty to humans. Cruelty done to us and cruelty done by us. My door gunner from 47 years ago found me recently. He suffers from PTSD and other effects from the Vietnam-American War. This month he sent me a coffee cup and a t-shirt with, Hello darkness, my old friend. Words from the Simon and Garfunkel song. Hello darkness, my old friend. It's good to talk with you again because a vision softly creeping 
left its seeds while I was sleeping, and the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound of silence. I sense these scars in alternate reality when I visit these burial grounds with even rows of white headstones, straight, clean, tranquil, and the wall, dark, reflective, and somewhat sinister. These graveyards and memorials also call to my mind the failure of peace that dead soldiers represent, the failure of reason, and the relentless drumbeat for what, for war, rather, that seems inherent in the human condition, the swell and the swirl of war that eternally draws humans like moths to a flame. We are seemingly helpless to resist. The swell and swirl of war that rolls over soldiers, their families, their communities, and their societies. These dead soldiers represent the huge cost of unchecked chaos and illogical but primal somehow emotions. The tremendous effort it takes to restore order, reason, and law once nations have gone to war. Those that actively work for peace, those that actively organized, agitated, and ensured the Vietnam slash American war was eventually ended. Those who fought for peace without making war. I think of them especially on Memorial Day and give thanks for I know my war would not have ended but for them. They truly are the real heroes I see among the white rows of grave markers and the names on the wall. They served our country, as Lincoln put it, far above our poor power to add or detract. So when you thank me for my service, why many times does my gut wrench and I feel undeserving and even shame? As one who served in our armed forces, I don't deserve thanks for my service any more than a public school teacher or a firefighter or ministers. And as a soldier, I certainly don't deserve it more than people who actively work for peace and against unjust wars. What part of my killing Vietnamese was of service to you? A soldier doesn't provide services. And besides, thank you for your services, trite. I like the Vietnam Veterans of America organizational greeting of welcome home better than thank you for your service. Or maybe you could complete the thought, thank you for serving in our armed forces. It's true, the warrior class in our society is unique, but in an egalitarian society, it should not be revered more than others. And, <clears throat> and so the orderly white stone markers lined up and all facing the rising sun represent the enormous struggle to reestablish order from the chaotic rushes to war. 
Not only soldiers lie there, but those whose dreams perished with them. There are no markers for these. No markers for mothers and fathers, widows and widowers, sons and daughters. No markers for the uncounted and largely invisible wounded and damaged survivors. No markers for the massive non-combatant suffering and losses. No markers for those having worked for a just peace. By honoring the dead soldiers only, we mislead ourselves as to the cost of war. And this makes us more prone to be pulled into the swell and swirl of war when next its flames start to build. I'm greatly affected, affected during this time of year by all of this. The memories, the ghosts of the dead I have known, the wounds, the destruction, the agony and pain, the anguish, the depression and dark places you can sometimes find yourself in. May all of it not be in vain. May the loss of all these lives be not in vain. May they rest in peace knowing that we shall never forget and that we will honor their struggle by working much harder for peace and justice. May we as a nation struggle even more mightily for just peace. May we as a community work harder to ensure tolerance and mutual respect. May we as individuals redouble our efforts to bring about a diverse world community at peace so fewer soldiers and civilians have to enter the valley of death and randomly have their last full measure brutally and viciously taken. Let's observe a few moments of silence uh, to honor not just our dead soldiers, but all they represent this Memorial Day. <laughs> 